Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 Kings and chapter number 15. The book of 1 Kings and chapter number 15. 1 Kings 15. As we continue to go through our series of the lineage of Jesus Christ, what we're doing is that we're tracing the family tree of Jesus Christ from Adam, the first man, to Jesus Christ, the second Adam. And there are 64 generations between Jesus Christ and Adam flowing through the kingly line of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we recently started into the kings that we understood that uh, David was the king after God's own heart and that David ruled for 40 years over the United Kingdom. His son Solomon ruled after him and he was the last kingdom of that United Kingdom that we hit last time. Solomon's son Rehoboam who made foolish decisions and because of that the kingdom was split. So Rehoboam became the first king of the southern kingdom and his life was one that was disobedient to the Lord, had no desire to follow after God, and it had consequences. We saw that he kept exchanging God's things for foolish things and kept making, uh, getting weaker goals out of it. He could have had so much more in his life, but he missed out. Well, Rehoboam had a son, and his son is the one we're going to hit today as we now look at the book of 1 Kings chapter number 15. 1 Kings chapter 15, and notice if you don't mind in verse number 1. 1 Kings 15 and verse 1. Now in the 18th year of the king Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, reigned Abijam, over Judah. Three years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Micaiah, and the daughter of Abishalom. Um, and he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father. Nevertheless, for David's sake did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him to establish Jerusalem. Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him in all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And there was a war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And if you don't mind, I would like for you to mark the name of the king that we're talking about, starting in verse 1, where we have the name Abijam. Abijam happens to be the son of Rehoboam. And maybe we could summarize Abijam's life. As we said, there's only seven verses here that was mentioned of him. And as we study his life, what we're going to see this, an empty reign and fruitless life. An empty reign and fruitless 
life. As we study the character, the historical person of Abijam, characterized by this, an empty reign and fruitless life. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come up to you now, I'm just asking that you would help us to have wisdom and discernment as we study this. And even though there's not a lot said about him, there's quite a bit that we could discern and learn from this passage and apply to our own lives. Lord, I'm asking that you would help us to learn more of you, that we could avoid having an empty reign that we could avoid having a fruitless life and that we could take the warning that you have marked here on the character, the reign of Abijam, and that we could have what you desire us to have and not miss out on those things in our life. Lord, I need you now. Fill me with your spirit. You do a work that I cannot do and I'm trusting you to do it even now. Give grace, give mercy, give liberty now. We love you, Lord. Do your own work through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we come to Abijam, we can see that there's a guy who only reigned for three years. Verse number two, three years reigned he in Jerusalem. So that's it. He only got three years. So did he make the most of his three years? What was his three years characterized? Well, if you don't mind, as we kind of just study this man here, the first thing I want to bring up to your attention is that he was fortunate to be king. He was fortunate just even to be king. As we see him, we can see that he indeed reigned after Rehoboam. But as we study a little bit more of his life, um, notice if you don't mind, uh, turning to 2 Chronicles chapter 11. Now keep your finger here. We're coming back to 1 Kings 5 and we'll be uh, turning back there from time to time. But the book of Chronicles uh, actually puts emphasis on the Judean kings and sometimes gives just a bit more information. And with this, I want to show you how fortunate he was indeed to be king, become king. Notice with me in 2 Chronicles. So if you're in first, uh, 2 Kings, you were first king, uh, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter number 11. 2 Chronicles chapter number 11. Notice with me in verse 21. And Rehoboam loved Micaiah, the daughter of Absalom, above all his wives and concubines. For he took 18 wives and threescore concubines and begat 20 and 8 sons and threescore daughters. Now let me put here. Here Rehoboam, as we learn more about his life, he actually had 28 sons and 60 daughters. Now with this, Abijam had a lot of competition. That's a lot of people. Second, I want you to see this, verse number 22. And Rehoboam made Abijah king of Micaiah the chief to be ruler over his brethren, for he thought to make him king. Now when Rehoboam was in charge, his desire was to take a different son by the name of Abijah instead of Abijam. And he said, this is the son I want to be king. Well, the Bible doesn't explain what happened to them. But here is a guy who is one of 28 sons. There's a lot of competition. And Rehoboam, his dad, didn't even desire him to be king. He had someone else in mind that he trained and tried to prepare to be king. And so we could just see, first of all, he was just fortunate to be king. Just out of luck, it was this. And then, to line this up, he already had messed things up 
But notice, if you don't mind, God had made a promise to David that he was going to keep keep this ruling uh, um, lineage going. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in 1 Kings chapter 15 again. And I want to show you something. So again, uh, as it's talking about his reign between uh, verses 1 through 7 in 1 Kings 15, very little is said about Abijam. It's talking about everyone else but Abijam. Notice with me in verse number 4. Nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem? Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Now, this is pretty amazing. Here was Abijam that when he became to be king, the only reason why he was to be king is because he was lucky enough that he happened to be the right, uh, the right person at the right time. That he had 28 brothers that were all trying to be king. Even his dad wanted someone else to be king. And, but he got to be king. But it continued to be lucky because he did what was evil in the sight of God. It said that, notice with me in the verse number 3. And he, Abijam, walked in all the sins of his father which he had done before him. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. Nevertheless, for David's sake. So what we see here, he was fortunate to be king. If it wasn't for David... God would have said, you're done. You're not worth it. You're not walking with me. You have no desire to walk with me. You're done. What do we learn? What principle do we get here? Well, we all know people that the only source of blessing are because of those around them. That because God is blessing a certain people and they're associated with that person, they get some of the splatter of the blessing. And without that, they would not have had the blessing. That they are getting blessed because of the obedience around them. Abijam, he was blessed because of his uh, great-grandfather David. And God had made a promise to David. And Abijam was fortunate to be king. Because if it wasn't for David, God would have said, you're done. I'm over with. Now we all know people like that. We know that there are disobedient kids who get blessings because of their obedient parents. We know disobedient parents who get blessings because of their obedient children. We know husbands or wives who are disobedient, who the only reason why God hasn't done more to them is because he's blessing the obedient spouse. There are disobedient church members who benefit because of fellow members' obedience. Now, I want you to think about this. This has become scary territory. Here's Abijam who is fortunate to be king. And God is keeping him to be king. Not because of Abijah. If it was just for Abijah and Abijah alone, God would have just tossed him out. But because of the blessings that God had given to David, Abijam is enjoying the blessings even though he did not deserve them. Now again, this is a principle in life. That you have someone who's being blessed because they have an obedient parent. They have an obedient spouse. And as soon as they step from that blessing, as soon as they step from that obedient parent, that obedient spouse, then everything will rain down upon them. And their life is going to be a wreck. Because the only thing, they're being fortunate, they're floating. They don't even realize that they're being floated by the blessings of someone else in their life that's associated. 
Let me give a good biblical example. You have a man by the name of Abraham who was blessed of God. And God promised anyone who would be a blessing to Abraham that they would be blessed. And you had Abraham's nephew Lot. Who because of the blessings that God had poured upon Abraham. Splattered into his nephew Lot. And as long as Lot was with Abraham. Lot's life was pretty good. His cattle multiplied. His business multiplied. His money multiplied. Just not because of Lot. Lot didn't have a walk with God. He knew God. But he didn't have a walk with God. The only reason why he was blessed is because he hung out with Uncle Abraham. There came a time where Lot took off. Made his own choice to walk away. And when he walked away, he walked away from the blessing that was pouring out. And he stepped into a place where there was no blessings. And next thing you know, his family and his things are kidnapped. Next thing you know, God's destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. And he lost his children. He lost his wife. He lost his family. And he's hiding out to a cave. Why? Because he stepped out from the protection of God's blessing on his life. Because God wasn't blessing him. He was blessing someone else in his life that was splattering on his life. Now this is a dangerous position to be in. There are so many times that a parent, they're trying to follow the Lord. And the child says, I have no interest in God. But things aren't happening. Things aren't being disturbed. They're doing fine. And so they feel like, I can continue to ride this. As soon as they step out, they step away from that fountain of blessing. It is going to come quickly. And it is going to come horribly. As they step up from the blessing. Now I'm, this is a warning. This is a heartbreak moment here. Because we're understanding the only reason why Abijam stayed in power. Was not because of his walk with God. It was because God was blessing someone that was associated with him. And he was carrying through with the blessings. He got to carry out and enjoy the blessings God had given to someone else. We could see here he was fortunate to be king. There was something else that we see about his life is that his reign was empty. His reign was empty. Now once again, there is very little said about Abijam's reign. He did nothing of note. He didn't accomplish anything. May I also say, it wasn't good or bad. He wasn't known for doing anything bad. He wasn't known for doing anything good. He was known for nothing. Nothing. He just rode through life. Didn't accomplish anything. Notice in verse number 6. Now there was a war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now pronouns are important. Who's that his there? It is speaking about in the context of Abijam. Now Rehoboam's dead. His dad's dead. Here he's such a loser and such a non-entity, a non-factor, that when the Bible mentions here, all the days of Abijam's life, there's a war between his dead dad and Jeroboam. He's not even mentioned in the war! Because he's such a non-entity. Just there. Didn't accomplish anything. It was empty. Nothing. Such an empty reign that the Bible couldn't even mention him when it was talking about the war. Mention his dad instead. He reigned three years. And Jeroboam was still king when he died. Not only was his reign fruitless or his reign empty. But his life 
was fruitless. Fruitless. Now, Abijam's life was not summed up by great devotion. His life is not remembered by some great revival. His life is remembered by the fact that there was no peace while he reigned. What a horrible existence it is to live a life that doesn't have peace. By the way, peace only comes from a personal walk of Jesus Christ. You can know things about Christ and not know Him. You could even call upon Him every now and again and still not have the peace of walking through Him. That life is fruitless. It's without peace. It's without, it's just there. Oh, what a dissettlement to have no peace in someone's life. And so, again, he wasn't marked by something good, something bad, nothing. It was just empty. It was just there. And there was no peace in his life. There was just, it was just a waste of existence. A waste of space. Why? Why was there no peace? Notice with me in verse 3. And he walked in the sins of his father, which he had done before him. And his heart was not perfect. With the, with the Lord his God. Why was it that he had no peace? Because he had no walk with God. No walk with God. Now he knew about God. We'll talk more about this in a second. But he knew he could call upon God. But he had no walk with God. That word perfect carries the idea complete or whole. His heart was not whole with God. It was not complete. It wasn't towards God. It was just God exists. I'm not denying him. Just don't want to follow him. Just don't want to serve him. And as a result, he had an empty life. As a result, he had a fruitless life. As a result, it was just a wasted life. And it did not have to be. You know, there's only one recorded time where it even talks about Abijah maybe calling upon God. Turn with me if you don't mind and let's just see this. The book of 2 Chronicles 13. Again, as I said, 2 Chronicles is written later to kind of put an emphasis on some of the Judean kings. And so sometimes it gives us some more information. So let's see this event. Now in 2 Chronicles 13, it's talking about the war with Jeroboam and Abijam. And in the context where we're jumping at in uh, 2 Chronicles 13, that Jeroboam and his forces ambushed Abijam and his army. So here the enemy forces are surrounding them. Notice with me in 2 Chronicles 13, 13. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind him so that they were before Judah and the ambushment was behind him. So you got troops in front of you, you got troops behind you. And when Judah looked back and behold, the battle was before and behind, they cried unto the Lord. Now that they there were trying to imply maybe perhaps Abijam was part of that. Here it just says they. And again, in the context, it's talking about how Abijam is trying to rally the troops and they're going to go through it. And so here they have a need. We're hoping, implying that, that they includes Abijam. But they cried unto the Lord and the priests sounded with trumpets. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. And the men of Judah shouted. And it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and uh, Judah. So here is a man 
was trying to call upon the Lord. And he knew he could get a hold of God. That God would answer prayers if I would just ask. So he's not denying God. He's just not following God. You know, just because you ask for God for something every now and again, doesn't mean you have a walk with him. And again, here is someone who knew that God was real, knew that God answered prayers, but never walked with him. And he was missing out on him. Notice is the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 15. We could see more of a emphasis as God is now talking about Asa, uh, Abijam's son. And Azariah the priest uh, is talking to, or the prophet is talking to uh, Asa, Abijam's son. Notice what he said about his father. Notice with me 2 Chronicles 15 and notice with me verse 3. Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of him. May I give you this encouragement now? That maybe you know that God can call upon you, but you're not walking with God. And if you were to be honest, you have a empty life, a fruitless life, miserable life, a life of no peace. Let me tell you, the solution is still easy. Go to God. Go to God. Call upon him while he is near. What makes a fruitful life? A life full of the Lord Jesus Christ. God promises much fruitfulness when we stick with him, when we walk with him. Notice if you don't mind, as Jesus talks about this in the gospel record of John. The gospel record of John. That we know that this abiding in Christ, walking with him, that's what matters. First John chapter, or sorry, gospel record of John chapter 14. Uh, 15 rather. John chapter Number 15, the gospel record of John chapter number 15. This walking with Christ. You know, what a horrible waste of a life it is to have a fruitless, empty, miserable life. When that's not what God desired for you. God desired for you to have a life that is abundant. A a life that is fruitful. Notice with me if you don't mind in John chapter 15 as Jesus is talking to his disciples and trying to illustrate this same point. John chapter 15 verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. What is it that God desires in our life? To bear fruit. Here he says, every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. A wasted life is just a wasted branch on that fruit-bearing tree. He says, any fruit-bearing tree, I want to pur- I want to prune it. By the way, pruning is a healthy taking care of a plant. There are things that God is going to take out of your life, so that way you can bear more fruit. What is the purpose of every life? To bear fruit. Notice it goes on, verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. That word abide carries the idea to dwell, to live, to be a part of. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine or the the, uh, main part of the, the tree, the plant. 
No more can ye except ye abide in me. So let's take this as an example. Let's say that there's an apple tree. We just had apple season here in Wisconsin. And you go take an apple tree and say, you know what? This branch here, it looks like it bears lots of fruit. So I want to have the fruit close to me. So I'm going to cut off this branch. And I'm going to bring it home and set it on my table. And then as it sits at my table, I'm going to check it every day. And I'm going to see where the apples are at. Is it going to be able to produce apples on your kitchen table? No. Why? In order for it to bear fruit, it has to be still part of the tree itself. A Christian cannot live a life outside of Christ. Just like we say salvation cannot um, be outside of Christ, the Christian life cannot be lived outside of Christ. When it is outside of Christ, it is an empty, fruitless life. It's just there. It doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't grow anything. It's there. Notice as it goes on in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye. Except ye abide in me. How do we have a fulfilled. Fruitful life. Joyful life. Abiding in Christ. Living in him. Verse number 5. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. What is God's desire for us? To bear fruit. To reproduce fruit. Notice the end statement. For without me ye can do nothing. So here is Abijam. Abijam was supposed to be a king. And God desired for him to be a fruitful king. Directing uh, Judah to serve God and live for God. But instead he tried to live his life outside of God. And as a result, it was just a wasted life. An empty life. A fruitless life. Because he attempted to live it outside of God. Notice as it goes on in verse number 6. If a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather him and cast him into the fire and they are burned. Why? It's what you do with dead branches. It's wasted. They just cast away. Useless. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now here we go. How is it that we abide in him? Well, notice this. My words abide in you. You understand you can't abide in Christ without being in your Bible. This is why we try to warn people this saying of one chapter a day keeps the devil away. No, 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 no. Abiding in him is letting God's word dwell in you. You can't live the Christian life outside of the Bible. This The greatest thing you could do on a daily basis is to be in the Bible for yourself. To read it for yourself. To devour it yourself. Because this is how you become a part of Christ. When it's abiding in you. When it's a part of you. This is how you bear fruit. You cannot be a spiritual person without first being a scriptural person. They cannot separate the two. There is no abiding in Christ without being in your Bible. And as God's words in you. Guess what? what? Ye can ask what you will and it shall be done to you. As you're abiding together, you don't have to call on God just on emergencies. You could call on God anytime, anywhere, everywhere. You could be with him and speak with him. He's not distant. He is close because you're abiding in him. Notice this, verse number eight, herein is my father glorified. How is God glorified? 
that ye bear much fruit. What is God's desire for all of us? To bear fruit. How is God glorified? When we bear fruit. But when we live outside of Christ. And we don't live our life plugged into him. It is an empty, wasted, fruitless life. We're not accomplishing what God desires for us. We're not accomplishing what we were made for. God desires that we all bear fruit. But that only comes as we abide in Christ. Notice this in verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Remember we define disciples as developing the habit of obedience to Christ. This is part of abiding to Christ is being obedient to him, walking with him, learning to be with him. And as the father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Now, not only do we see that God's word uh, has to be abiding in us, but we have to be willing to obey what we've read. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I kept my father's commandments and abide in in love. Notice this. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. So here's the case of Abijah. Of Abijah. Here's Abijah who did not have a fruitful life. He lived his life outside of God. He knew about God. Knew he could call upon God but didn't walk with God. And as a result, he had a withered, empty, fruitless, wasted life. It was there, gone, no impact. That's not what God desires for us. He desires us to have a joyful, fulfilled, fruitful life. And that only comes when purposely abiding in him. So I ask you the question, dear friend, are you abiding in Christ? We know that the first question in that is that are you 100% sure if something was to happen to you? Are you 100% sure you'd be going to heaven? Well, let me tell you, you can't live for Christ unless you know him personally as your Savior. That's your first step. But after knowing him as your Savior, are you walking with God? Let me just ask you this. How's your Bible reading? When's the last time you read your Bible? Do you remember what you read in your Bible? That's such an important thing. You can't live off of old uh, life. Let's take that branch that we cut off and we put it on the kitchen table. Won't it technically be alive just for a tad bit? It would. But it's going to go through the process of dying because unless it has new nutrients coming into it regularly... It's going to die and fall off. It has to be continually plugged in. You can't live off of old life. You have to have that life going all the time. How's your Bible reading? Do you remember what you read? How long did you read? Did you you remember what you read? How about this? How's your prayer life? Do you still use God as an emergency contact? God, I need help. Thank you for helping. And you know you can call upon him and you know he'll help. But what about that daily walk with him? Is your prayer life a part of your daily routine? Are you abiding in him? Let me tell you, this is part of being fruitful. Now, let's be serious. Let's be sober. 
Let's be uncomfortable. How is your life described? We know that we're talking about a range now. You have Abijam who had an empty, wasted, fruitless life. God's desires for us to be plugged into him to have a joyful, fulfilled, fruitful life. Where would you fall in that? Are you miserable? Are you joyful? Are you fulfilled? Are you empty? Are you fruitful? Are you fruitless? Are you making impact in the world around you? Or if it was a blimp and it was gone and nothing. I don't think there's a single person whose goal in life honestly is that when they die, no one even knew they existed. There's something about what God created us to do is that we want to impact somebody. We want to affect somebody. Here's Abijam. Fruitless, empty, wasted life. But it's not what God desired. And God has given us these things for our learning, for our benefit, that we can apply them. Is your life a fruitful, abundant, joyful, fulfilled life? The good news is is that if it's not, you can have it. The secret is abiding in Christ. What is this abiding in Christ? Reading his word, obeying his word, and talking with him. That's simple. It's so simple that children could do it. It's so simple that elderly can do it. It's so simple that anyone can do it. Then why don't we? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.